0: God bless you. I am absolutely privileged today to be asked to introduce our special speaker this morning. We have uh, an individual who is a Gideon. Um, Lauren Schroquist, standing here, was born in Minnesota. Yay, Minnesota. (laughs) Lauren uh, was, was raised on a farm in Minnesota after graduating from college uh, he moved to uh, California and he take a job as an insurance executive and in 1970 Lauren and his wife Carol who's in the uh, is in the back with him this morning both asked Jesus Christ into their heart as their personal saviors a few years later, God called Lauren and Carol to join the Gideon ministry. Now, uh, 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 Lauren rose through the ranks of Gideon volunteerism. He became the vice president in many other offices and eventually the president in Northern California. Soon after that, they appointed him as a trustee in charge of uh, three or four state associations in the Northwest United States. Now, Lauren, for six years, served in that role, and then the international, Gideons International recognized his dedication to this ministry, and they asked him to serve on the International Outreach Committee. And that's a committee that charges Gideons to take their own time traveling to other countries to help out local Gideons to develop in countries to form new Gideon organizations in those countries and to encourage and help those Gideons understand what it is to, to distribute God's Word and to be used by God in those countries and so Lauren traveled to over 21 40 times he traveled to over 40 21 countries 40 times and uh, in, in India alone he was a special, uh, on a special assignment to India, and he traveled in just a year and a half, six times to India to help out the local Gideons. I'm seeing a hand raised back there. And so he's very powerful from the work of, of the, the Gideon ministry around the world. He was called by the Gideons to go to China and do two special trips to try to help organize the Gideon ministry in China. And so Gideons are proud to have Lord Showquist with us here this morning, all the way from the San Francisco area, just to speak to us this morning. We are privileged and delighted, and would you help me welcome, and, and let him show you what God is doing through this ministry around the world because of his word. Help me give a Calvary welcome to Lauren Showquist.
1: Now I think we're okay. (laughs) Do you think this world needs some desperately good news? Amen? Well, this is a desperate world, as you know, and it's desperately in need of good news. You know, we live in tumultuous times. We've gone through the pandemic Uh, politically, uh, you know, who knows where we're at. Uh, financially, you know, things are pretty good right now, but wait until tomorrow, we don't know. Uh, Morally, we're in the pits. Uh, Spiritually, anything goes. We need God's word. But in spite of this, there is hope. Uh, Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Because the Lord has anointed me, and may I suggest, the Lord has anointed you to bring good news. So we have the good news. We have God's word, the gospel, meaning good news, focusing on the birth, death, resurrection of Jesus Christ. So today, people are looking for something solid to hang on to. They want hope. This desperate world needs hope. Well, we also have the good news, according to John 14:16, that says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, through Jesus Christ. Now, that's comforting to me, because as Christians, we are called upon to share the good news. But, you know, God is the one that draws... So we can't mess it up because it's his problem. All we're required to do, all we're asked to do is to be his witnesses. And then God is the one that draws. So we don't have to worry about knowing all the answers or anything like that. Now we also have the Great Commission, according to Mark 16:15, 15. It says to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature does that sound like a good idea anybody out there <laughs> yes i know your heart but it's more than a good idea it's a command we are to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature so god's word needs to be a high priority god's word not only needs to be distributed around the world But it also needs to become a part of our heart and being as well. I trust that we are having our quiet times every day so that God's word can speak uh, to us and then through us. So we need to be in tune with God's Holy Spirit as we are his witnesses around the world. Remembering God is the one that draws, but he does use us. We both have a responsibility because we need to be in tune with his spirit so that we can present the gospel to other people and then be in tune through his spirit with their needs. So we need to spend time in God's word. We need to have our quiet time every day. Well, through the Gideon ministry, well, you might ask, uh, who who are the Gideons? Uh, You know, what are these guys? If you ask the average person in the street, they'd say, well, you're the people that put Bibles in hotels. Well, that's part of what we do. But very simply, the Gideons are men and women of the church taking the message of the church to those outside of the church to bring them into the church. That's simply what the Gideons do. So we do that in 200 countries, territories, and possessions around the world. And now we're actually distributing God's word in 109 different languages. Now in the 100 plus year history of the Gideons, 2.4 billion, that's with a B, 2.4 billion of these scriptures have been distributed around the world. And that has happened because of our partnership with local churches like Calvary Church. Around the world, God's word is going forth. Our objective is basically the same as your objective, and that's to win the lost to Jesus Christ. Now, the way we do that may be a little bit unique. We're encouraged to do it through our personal witness and our personal testimony. Just as we do life, we are encouraged to share our personal testimony, that personal work. So I would like this morning to encourage you, because you do life as well, I would like to encourage you to share your personal testimony as well. So the Gideons do it through sharing our testimony, but we also do it through the distribution of his word in hotels, hospitals, schools, prisons, and our wives, the auxiliary, distribute to the medical field. But let's focus a little bit this morning on Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1, and um, I'll, I'll read it. You don't have to turn there. You can see part of it on the screen, I think. Yes, you can. It is there. That's good. We like that. So, Isaiah 61, verse 1, and what we're going to do is just unpack it very briefly, but I want you to be listening for the different people groups that God addresses that we are to be witnesses to, that we are to be sharing the good news with. So Isaiah 61, verse 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. That's the first people group. So we are to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, the second people group, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the third people group, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. That's another people group. I think you have some prisons fairly close here, don't you? I, I went by them yesterday. But then in. Uh, verse 2, ending in verse 2, to comfort all who mourn. To comfort all who mourn. So a number of different people groups as we partner together that we are commanded to bring the good news to. Well, the first group uh, that I would like to just uh, park on a little bit uh, were to bring good news to the poor. Uh, Come with me to the uh, country of uh, Indria. Livy, uh, you, you might recognize uh, some of these uh, pictures, and Dan has been to India. So over 1 billion people live in this country, the country of India. I love going to India. What did I like about India? I like the people. So the average annual income is $370, quite a bit less than our average income here, So ladies, if you have to do the laundry, um, you may not, if you're in India, you may not run down to the local super, or to the laundromat to do that. You might go down to the river, and that's the picture that I took here. But the Gideons have a vibrant ministry in the country of India. Now, if we excuse this past pandemic year, uh, typically the Indian Gideons are distributing 19 million copies of God's word because of the partnership that we have together. That's more than double what we do here in the U.S. It's a vibrant ministry in India. So after you've been down to the river, ladies, uh, you would uh, take your clothes home and uh, maybe dry them, uh, similar to what you see right here. I was doing a training session in, um, in India, near Hyderabad, where Liv is from, and that's a picture that I saw as I looked out the window during one of the breaks malawi africa this lady literally crawled on her hands and knees well basically on her knees about half the distance of a football field her hands were extended pleading for a copy of god's word i've never seen that in california and you probably haven't seen it in colorado either we're to bring good news to the poor that was not her motorcycle by the way That was one of the Gideon's motorcycles. But she had a word of witness from the local Malawi Gideons in the Chichewa language, bringing good news to the poor. Well, it wasn't too long ago that uh, Carol, my wife, and I were uh, deciding whether we should get solar on our house. And uh, the thing that went through my mind is, you know, at my age, I'm concerned about that ROI, that return on investment. Am I gonna recoup the expenditure of the solar to do that? Well, it wasn't too long that I realized that the ROI probably was more than financial. So let me tell you the story. All the solar was installed except for the Wi-Fi. And we have, anybody here have solar or do we only do that in California? We're, We're a weird state, yeah, but, so you have solar. It's fun to watch to see how much that thing is generating. So the solar needs the Wi-Fi hooked up. And uh, I had the appointment that morning. I got home from my walk. I was kind of gross and sweaty. It was a warm October day. I like to walk three, four miles most every day. And the solar truck comes rounding the corner about the time that I did. Kenny gets out of the truck. He sees how gross and dirty I am, sweaty. And he said, Lauren, I was with you in spirit. I turned to Kenny and I said, oh, do you have the spirit? Well, I could tell by his mumble and jumble. Kenny may not have the spirit. So anyway, he did his uh, solar hookup. Now, if you were to come to my house, right to the front door, we have a little uh, cabinetry thing, and we have some of these little Gideon scriptures placed by the by the door, and we have them there for people that uh, vendors, uh, repairmen, you know, whoever comes to the door. That prompts prompts us to uh, maybe share with them. So Kenny had hooked up the solar. We're on the way out the door. And God, the Holy Spirit, stopped me right in my tracks. I I was not intending to do this, but God wanted me to. And I picked up one of those little scriptures and I said, Kenny, would you mind if I shared with you what I meant by when I asked you if you had the Spirit? Sure, go ahead. So I had the opportunity of sharing a number of verses with him, including the salvation verses in the back of this book. And there's the little prayer that the person can read and pray as well. There's nothing magic about that prayer, but it could be a track to run on. So after I read it, I asked Kenny if that expressed the desire of his heart. And he said, yes, it does. And I said, Kenny, would you like to pray that prayer right now? Yes, I would. So at that, right by our front door, Kenny prayed a beautiful prayer asking Jesus To be his forgiver and his leader and when he got through praying he looked up at me and said lauren i've got goosebumps all over me i i consider those holy spirit goosebumps and he said just yesterday my wife and i were talking about spiritual things that we needed to do something spiritually to get back together i praise god for his holy spirit that stopped me in my tracks and i was able to share with kenny Well, who is the next people group? Uh, And I, I share that story with the sole purpose of encouraging you to share your testimony at appropriate times as well. You may have a Kenny in your life that needs to know about Jesus. Be thinking about that. So who is the next people group? We're to bind up the brokenhearted. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to bind up the broken hearted. And there are a lot of broken hearted people in this world. When I think of broken hearted people, my mind goes back to Alberto Bezo in uh, Guatemala City, Guatemala. The country leader of Guatemala and I had uh, dinner one evening with Alberto Bezo, and he shared his story. He said as a young man, he wanted to excel in sports, in music, and in academics. But one day out in the practice field, he had a severe injury to his arm. The arm began to swell. They determined that he had gangrene. They thought he was gonna die, but as a last effort, they amputated the arm. The only problem is they didn't let Alberto know what they were going to do. Well, he awoke from his surgery, and that'll make for a bad day. You discover that I only have one arm. But there was a nurse. There was a nurse in that uh, recovery room that had one of the little scriptures that had been given to her, maybe through your church. And she went over and shared it with Alberto. Well, he was so angry, despondent, uh, mad at God, he just took it and threw it across the room. But Margarita was determined. She went over and retrieved it and picked it up and again encouraged him to read it. Well, somehow, with just one hand, he got that book open to Matthew chapter 5, verse 30. Now, Pastor Tim, I don't think you've ever used Matthew chapter 5, verse 30 to lead someone to Jesus, but God the Holy Spirit used that verse. Oh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 30, if your right hand offend thee, cut it off. You know, that'll speak to an amputee probably more than it would to you or me. And it did speak to Alberto, and today he's a pastor of a large church in Guatemala City, all because of the partnership that the Gideons have with churches like Calvary Church. <clears throat> well, the next people in group as we move along here, the Spirit of the Lord has come upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring those that are being held captive by false religions. Many false religions, right here locally, but around the world as well. The Muslim religion being one of them. Indonesia, the largest Muslim country in the world. Malaysia, the strictest Muslim country that I've ever visited. In fact, we were told don't give a scripture to a Muslim. Well, how do you know who's a Muslim? Well, by the way they look. Well, I soon learned, uh, yeah, they have a little distinctive feature about them. They're a little bit darker skin. So don't give a scripture, it's against the law. You get put in prison. Faria was a young girl that received a scripture. She is a Muslim. And she took that little book and she had four friends. She gave one friend, Matthew, another friend. She ripped it out of the book, got Mark, Luke, and John. And all four of those girls came to know Jesus personally. But as I think of those that are being held captive in Southeast Asia, I think of Buddhism. I've uh, seen in Cambodia and Thailand the fat Buddhas, skinny Buddhas, standing Buddhas, lying Buddhas, gold Buddhas, white Buddhas, any kind of Buddha that you want. In fact, Mr. T, my driver, I rent rent a car when I go to Cambodia, but you also rent the driver when you do that. And I had the opportunity that uh, day on that trip to introduce Mr. T, the Buddhist driver, to Jesus Christ as well. Moving on in Isaiah 61, verse, I, I put that in there just again as a reminder, there may be a Mr. T. Well, he may not be from Cambodia, but there may be a Mr. T in your life that you need to share the gospel with as well. So the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Jane Christensen was in prison back in the drug days of the 70s on the East Coast, went to um, in jail many times. They'd have to uh, uh, do burglaries and thieveries, breaking into jewelry stores on a daily basis to get the money to uh, supply the drug habit. I asked Jane, how much does it cost uh, to do your drugs? And she said, and this is about 15 years ago, she told me that it cost, at that time, $2,000 a day just to maintain, not even to get high, just to maintain. But there in that jail cell was a used, discarded Bible. You see, we take them out of the hotels, once they're a little soiled and torn, and recycle them to life in prison, and there it was, waiting for Jane. Today, Jane is a missionary. She has a mission in Juarez, Mexico, reaching out to sex-trafficked young girls. Originally, it's called God for Girls, but then we discovered that there are boys that are sex trafficked as well. Carol, my wife, sitting in the sound booth, sits on her board of directors. Well, let me go back um, to the Kenny story as we talk about to bring comfort to those who mourn. Carol and I, shortly before Christmas, just about six months ago or so, were at the uh, kitchen table. And all of a sudden the chime went off, I got a text message on my phone, and it was from the solar company. And the text message said that Kenny had a work-related accident. He fell through a skylight, severed an artery, bled to death on the spot. Kenny died that day. Well, I reached out to the solar company, I wanted to reach out to the widow and uh, I did get permission from Lindsay the widow to reach out to her. So I had a Word document about a full page detailing exactly what Kenny had done, basically outlying the plan of salvation. So I texted a picture of uh, Kenny, this one that you see on the screen, as well as my Word document. Well, Lindsay and her 8-year-old son Parker were in the car, and when the uh, text arrived... Parker was playing on Mom's phone, and uh, he said, Hey, Mom, Dad just sent us a picture of himself holding a Bible. You know, it's kind of cute, but it's sad at the same time. So Lindsay the widow said, "He What? And she had to pull the car over and read the text message and discovered what Kenny, her husband, had done. Lindsay texted back to me and said, this message and picture will forever hold a special place in my heart. The kids and I would love to meet you one day when this pandemic is over. And I told her that Carol and I would like to meet her as well. But then, then Lindsay called me on the cell phone and she said that Kenny has five sisters and a mother. And Lindsay, the widow had broadcast this text and the photo to each of them. And if you, if you may remember, we were doing a lot of Zooming back around Christmas, and she had a Zoom conference with the five sisters and mother. And they're all sitting around the Zoom screens crying and sharing with each other this account of their son. Kenny's mother then said, and I quote, this is the best Christmas I have ever had. I praise God that his Holy Spirit stopped me at the door of my house and I had that opportunity to share. Praise God, we know where Kenny is today. Well, Romans 10, 15 says, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. Now, I have never seen Pastor Tim's feet, but I know that they are beautiful because he's preaching the gospel of peace. I don't know your feet either, but I trust that you have beautiful feet as well as you share your witness and your testimony with those that need to hear. Well, we are to go into all the world, and as you partner with the Gideons, the walls of Calvary Church actually expand, the walls expand into the 200 countries, territories, and possessions that we're distributing God's word in. So the spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the people of communist mainland China. As Dan said, I had the opportunity of going to mainland China twice. We'd go for two of us from the states would go there, and we would spend time with Jim, our Chinese interpreter. The three of us for two weeks in a row, we would visit six churches every day, including Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We'd have a time of uh, preaching and sharing six churches every day. And every person that came to church, because of your faithfulness, got a Bible. And over four million copies of God's word just through that little effort were distributed. Half of the people that were in the churches, and they were packed. There, there weren't any empty rows. In fact, you couldn't even tell there's a center aisle because people would just bring their little stools and park there. But we'd have the altar call as well. You know, it, it, this has Baptist origin in the roots. You know, we, we used to have, all, I, I went to a Baptist church for 35 years after I came to know Jesus, and we had altar calls most every Sunday. We used to do that. We don't do that so much anymore. Now, I forgot where I was, where I was going with that one. <laughs> oh, back to China. We had altar calls that after every service, but it's safer for Jim, the Chinese man, to give the altar call. But pretty soon the communist officials got word that these guys, you know, the two from the States, are giving altar calls. So Jim asked the uh, Chinese pastor, uh, did you want us to stop doing altar calls? And her response, as a female pastor, her response was, why would you stop planting the seed God's word, why would you stop planting the seed just because bugs may eat some of the fruit? You know, I grew up on a farm. I know what that I know that happens. So, we continued the altar calls. So today these churches have grown anywhere from 90 to 300% because of that. Well, how can you help in closing? Number 1, you can pray. Number 2, you can participate. If you're a business professional man that would like to be a part of this life-changing ministry, see Dan or the other Gideons or me after the service. And then the practical support. I wish I could report that these scriptures float down like manna from heaven, and we go out and gather them every morning except on the Sabbath, but they don't. It takes money to buy them. And you should have received one of these little inserts um, when you arrived this morning describing the Gideon Card Bible program, a Bible program where Bibles can be donated maybe in memory of someone that's gone on to be with the Lord or in recognition of some special event. I suggest that we give Bibles, or you can give Bibles in times of joy or in times of sorrow. It was five weeks ago yesterday that Megan, my daughter-in-law, took her life. And over 1,600 of these little scriptures in the last six weeks have been donated because Megan is not here anymore. And I would suggest that Megan's witness is probably stronger with her in heaven now. And yes, she was a believer, and I believe that that's where she is. 1,600 of these went out because of Megan's Witness, and that'll be stronger probably now in her passing than what it would be in her physical life. The average cost of one of these scriptures is a dollar twenty cents. They often come in a box of a hundred, so that means that one hundred twenty dollars will place one hundred scriptures into those outstretched hands around the world. You see, these these scriptures literally come from your hands through the hands of the Gideons, like right here and. Pueblo, but through the hands of the Gideons around the world as well. So as you fill the empty boxes, the Gideons around the world will fill that empty hand, and then God the Holy Spirit will fill that empty heart. So again, Isaiah chapter 61, the Lord has anointed us to bring the good news. We have the good news. But remember, Good news is only good news if it arrives in time. I'm glad that Kenny's good news arrived in time. And as we partner together, we will be back for this young girl from Malawi, Africa, that didn't get a copy of the good news. Pastor Tim, thank you so much for the opportunity to share with a delightful congregation. God bless you.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you very much.
2: I've never been so encouraged to want to take my shoes and socks off ever before. (laughs) But in order to save my family from embarrassment, um, actually everybody from embarrassment, uh, thank you very much, Lauren, for that incredible encouragement to be faithful with what God has given us and the opportunities, because we often talk about witnessing and fear. Those two things kind of go hand in hand. And when you look at every touchpoint with someone else as a witnessing opportunity, I think that fear begins to subside when you realize how good of a message you have to get people. And it's not your delivery that matters. It's the truth that matters, Scripture. And those Gideon Bibles have the plan of salvation in the back, and it is easy to follow that, um, that pattern of Scripture in order to give God's Word. So thank you very much. I know that you'll be out here afterwards that people can ask you questions. And, of course, we have lots of Gideons that can answer those questions as well. And so as the band comes up, I'm going to close in prayer. So why don't we all stand? Father, as we think about your amazing plan of salvation and how you have given us an opportunity not just to know Jesus Christ personally, but to be encouraged to share that message with the world, Help us, Father, to gain the courage, the strength, and the resolve to be witnesses to the Kennys and Mr. T's in our life that their families may have hope, that they may have great joy, that they may see Jesus at that last day. Father, thank you for the ministry of the Gideons both here and internationally, and thank you for letting us partner with them. May the stories of your good news never end. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.